Welcome to the Ministry Marks Podcast. My name is Thomas Majors, and I'm joined by David Haynes. We are in Jackson for the Mississippi Baptist Convention. Actually, we are sitting right now in room 509 at the prestigious Cabot Lodge. You can say that again. It's swanky. (laughs) But not skanky. (laughs) (laughs) And we are joined today by Andrew Chestine. Now, Andrew Chestine and I, I think we met 2012. Sounds right. I I graduated in 2011 from Blue Mountain College. What year did you come to Blue Mountain College? I came in January 2013. So we would have met in 2013. Okay, so it was sometime after that. Yeah, it's probably spring 2013. Yeah. So when did you meet him? Do Do you remember? I don't recall whenever I first met Chestine. I remember hearing of him because many of my friends knew you. Uh, but our paths had not crossed. So I had heard about you. And then finally, and then finally we met. And what a glorious day it was. (laughs) So definitely our common denominator is Blue Mountain College. And that's what kind of brought us together. And so Andrew, just give us a uh, short biography about yourself. Yeah. So I'm uh, originally from Winona, Mississippi, Uh, born and raised there in Winona. Um, and then I came to Blue Mountain College, uh, surrendered to the ministry as a freshman in college. I was playing baseball at Meridian Community College, uh, pitching, and the Lord um, had begun a call uh, in high school and just clarified that call as a freshman in college. And uh, I knew in December of 2011 that God had called me to the ministry, that that, that meant my dreams, my plans, everything that I had been chasing after was done, and that I had a new dream. I had new plans. I had a new ambition, a new call. And so uh, I say that was in December 11. Uh, I surrendered to ministry in July 2012. So, <laughs> so just to admit some stubbornness. And what that was, was in July, it was July 23rd, 2012, picked up the phone, uh, called my baseball coach and said, coach, I can't finish my scholarship. I can't come back and, and finish this. I've got to um, follow the Lord in this call to ministry and thinking I was going to get majorly rebuked. Um, I got just this extremely warm, gracious, I affirm that calling in your life. I see it. I know it. And I go follow Jesus. And, uh, my coach had actually gotten saved during my freshman year. It was a, it was a really amazing thing. So, uh, surrendered to the ministry. I came to blue mountain, uh, a few, several months later in January of 2013. And, uh, Really, my, my, my heart, my desire was to be a, a missionary, to go overseas and to be a missionary. And during my time at Blue Mountain, um, the Lord really clarified that call on my life. Not, not so f- much of being a foreign missionary, but, but just seeing the need to, to pastor and, and make disciples uh, here. And so I began to pursue uh, just, just ministry and that calling on my life, uh, through Blue Mountain College. I went on summer missions in the summer of 2013 in the Dominican Republic. And, uh, coming back into college, I had been praying all summer, Lord, I need a job and I'd like to do some (laughs) ministry, but please don't let me be a youth pastor. And, uh, and so my first two weeks at Blue Mountain that fall, I got three calls from three churches about being a youth youth pastor. And so I went to Amaziah Baptist church to work with, uh, Jason Howell, uh, the Reverend Jason, Howell, the the righteous, right. Reverend Jason Howell, uh, to be his, I was, I went as youth pastor and, uh, anyway, wore a bunch of hats, had a lot of fun being, uh, working alongside Jason Howell. 
Yeah. So in, in June 2015, I answered a call from Tiplersfield Baptist Church to be their pastor. I followed, uh, man, I followed a nut of a pastor. No way. Uh, Thomas Majors. No. Uh, the Thomas Majors? <laughs> the I Thomas know. Majors. <laughs> that was probably not a good thing. I, I follow, followed a great pastor, uh, the Thomas Majors. And uh, and so pastored at Tiplersfield uh, until May of 2019, so May of this year, on May 12th, Mother's Day, I preached in view of a call at First Baptist Church, New Albany, uh, to be their senior pastor and came on board in June of this year. Um, again, so I graduated with a degree in biblical studies from Blue Mountain College, um, then through the Extension Center uh, at Blue Mountain that New Orleans Seminary has, and through some online training and workshops, I got a Master of Divinity degree May 2018. And now I am in my third semester, so a year and a half into a PhD in evangelism. Well, Andrew, the reason why we want to speak with you today, and we think our listeners would like to know this, especially our listeners who are in the ministry, is the difference in administration in the churches that you have very recently served. Tiplersville Baptist ran about 45 in Sunday school. You served them for... About four years yeah, is exactly how long you were four there. Years, so yeah. four, four years. Uh, Andrew, how old are you? I'm 26 now. So you're 26 currently, and you, you've you just left a church that averaged about 45 in Sunday school, and you've just become the senior pastor of a church that averages about 450 in Sunday school. Right. And so the step is tremendous, or the leap is tremendous in ministry responsibility. And we want to talk with you about the administration what it's like to serve a church that runs about 45 in Sunday school compared to a church that runs much more than that. And, and maybe some of the struggles that you have already seen and then how the Lord has prepared you and then what God is going to be doing through you and what you see the Lord doing in your life from the administrative perspective. So Thomas, if you will, give us a little bit of information about the administrative work or the work of a pastor that'll kind of help give us some parameters to our discussion with Andrew. Yes. So in my understanding, there are three primary tasks of a pastor. There is proclaiming, the proclaiming ministry. There is the caring ministry. And then there is the leading ministry. So today our podcast is all focused on the leading aspect, you know, the leading ministry. Uh, So in that leading ministry, we're talking about the administration of the church as an organization, the leading of groups, the leading of the uh, staff, financing, organizing, all all of those different things that go along with uh, the aspect of leading. So we're, we are talking about ministry. This is a part of ministry. Uh, if a person is going to be a pastor or a minister in a church, they they have to be involved in those three areas right. in one way or another, right. either through their teaching ministry, their caring ministry, or through the leading ministry. So we're talking about leading, the administration of the church, the day-to-day operation, you could say. So it's not necessarily going to visit the hospital or preaching or teaching that we're talking about. It's, it's all of that other stuff that begins to consume our time. In a general kind of way for our listeners, tell us about the administration of Tiplersville Baptist Church. I have been the pastor there. David, of course, has not. Our listeners have not. So 
in a general overview. Tell us about it. Yeah. So when I came to Tiplersville Baptist Church, 32 people voted on me uh, that, that Sunday that, that I was voted in. And uh, actually, I had a higher percentage vote at First New Albany than, than I did. At, fewer no votes at New Albany and uh, 10 times more votes. Uh, but but it, so it, anyway, uh, but Tiplersville Baptist. Uh, so when you're there, you are the only paid person at the church. Uh, we didn't we, we barely paid a custodian, uh, somebody to clean the church. There's, there's no paying a music minister, a pianist. There's, you're the staff, you're, you're it. And, um, and so everything falls on your shoulders. Now, the neat thing about Tiplersville Baptist Church was, even though I was 22 years old when they um, called me as pastor, um, they, they gave me all rights and privileges that come along with being a pastor pastor and a pastoral leader. So they expected that when I became the pastor, I was the leader of the church. Now, uh, we served, uh, I served alongside three godly men as deacons, um, three, three incredibly godly, godly men. One was in his early eighties, one in his early sixties, one in his early fifties. And so they were like fathers and grandfathers to me, godly men. We met at, at the time I went, we had quarterly deacons meetings Amen. and quarterly business meetings. Amen. And so I found myself uh, almost immediately, which is maybe strange to some people, I needed more deacons meetings. I needed to know, I don't know what I'm doing. And and I need to know you guys, and I need to know what you expect, and I need to know where the church has been and where we're going and how things work. Because as even as a youth pastor, I was not involved in the right. administration of the church. And so, and growing up, we were Sunday morning attenders um, my entire life. So I really didn't understand church administration. And so I uh, dove in with those guys, learned a lot. They gave me uh, just the opportunity to lead. We worked well together, uh, had a few bumps along the way, but, but God honored those things, and it, it was just a, a wonderful privilege. And so I preached. Uh, at times, I led worship. Um, I taught Sunday school to the youth group. Uh, I led the church in making decisions uh, along with the deacon body. Um, and, and it was just a glorious time of, of leading that church. So I was pastor and had um, a lot of administrative responsibility as pastor. So what is the ministry organization of the church? So pastoral authority, deacons, do you have committees? Do you have ministry teams? Do you, yeah, is so, it, what's, what's the, how does the work of the church in that aspect takes take place can you give us an overview of right that? absolutely and so so as pastor of that church yes pastor led church and so we want to say pastor led uh deacon served and and really at tiplersfield the deacons did serve but they also functioned as a board they, they functioned as decision makers leaders which i would disagree that that's i would not say that's biblical i would not say that's the way to do it, but it has functioned well within the framework of that church. And so that's how we work. And then as far as committee structure, yes, we had uh, a nominating committee. We had um, uh, ver various committees, ver not many committees, but we had committees. Um, and, but the problem was all the same people served on all the committees right. and the pastor led every committee. You might name a chairman, but that chairman looked to you to make the decisions and to call a meeting and to run the meeting and all of the above. And so really, if you didn't do it or train somebody else to do it, it didn't get done. 
So at that church, it in in one of your statements, and just to clarify yeah. for people who don't understand Tiplersville and the dynamic okay. that is there, we're just trying to understand the church, yeah. uh, so we can make that jump to sure. First Baptist New Albany in just a moment. You said that it was the deacons served similar to a board, and you said I don't believe that's a biblical model, but it has served them well. Why has it served them well? What what's the dynamic behind that? And you've mentioned it already, uh, and so I just want to see what I think I know what the dynamic is. Uh, I want to know. Okay, so Tiplersville Baptist Church is a family. It's a family church. It's a it's a community community family church, right? It's been around for a hundred and seven years at this point. It's been around for 107 years. So a lot of the, a lot of the same, uh, family members are, are, you know, uh, the generations are still in that church. Okay. But it hasn't really grown. And so you've got, uh, you've heard it said, uh, 10% of the people are doing 90% of yes. the work or 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Uh, that's the case there. Um, but you don't have many people to to work with or, or to work from because you have such a small structure. And anybody that you're bringing in is a is a brand new member that you don't usually give leadership roles to automatically. And so while we grew, we we added nearly 60 new members in in four years and baptized uh, about 25 people. And in, in, across four years, we had a, an excellent ministry in that way. But the leadership stayed largely the same. Yeah, and and so. Um, it it was very focused leadership, and so when I say I don't believe it's biblical that they that the deacon body served as decision makers, um, I I don't. But I when I say that I think it worked, the reason why not only was it, it a small it's a small structure, and you just have a few people who were were committed to to making those decisions, leading the church, but also. Pastoral tenure has been really low. That's, that's I what was I the was longest, looking at. Yeah, that's what and I was so thinking. So I, I followed you. Who were you? Three and a half, nearly four years. Almost, almost four. I think I was three years, ten months. Okay, three years, ten three months. Three years, nine months, ten months, somewhere through okay. there. I was four years. So, so yes, I was the longest serving pastor um, since the late nineties, since uh, Jimmy Walker in the late nineties. And so we we've had short term pastorates. Uh, I believe I was thirty seventh pastor in a hundred and seven year history now. So you can do the math, uh, very short tenures yes. and, and factoring in, uh, there was nearly a year between when you left. So there were 14 months between when you left Tiplersville Baptist church. And when I was called to service the pastor of Tiplersville Baptist church in June of 2015. And so those families who have been there consistently throughout the years of these short tenured pastorates, uh, have kept the church functioning yeah. and serving and present and active. And since I've left, they've done the same thing. And hopefully, prayerfully, there are more people involved. There are more leading. There are more um, included in the decision-making and in the serving and in being active in the church. And I know there are, and I'm thankful for that, but there have still been those faithful families throughout the decades of this church who have kept Tiplersville Baptist Church serving Jesus and and reaching their community. That's good. All right. So we basically want the same questions for New Albany now. So can you give us a general overview of the administration of First Baptist New Albany? And and along the way, if you want to compare that to Tiplersville, you can. So 
what what is it like day to day at First Baptist New Albany? Yeah, so I'm blessed to serve as the senior pastor at First Baptist New Albany. Now, the the difficult thing about that is I'm 26 years old. And so uh, when when the search committee first called me and we met, I asked them a question I knew they knew the answer to, but I said, do you understand I'm, I'm 26 years old? Or I mean, I just want to make sure the elephant in the room is acknowledged. I'm 26 years old and had just had my 26th birthday. In fact, at the time that I had my first meeting uh, two weeks prior, uh, I, and so we we met. I asked them that, and and honestly, they were processing: Is this viable? Is this is this a realistic option for a pastor in our church? And um, and so I, I'm not sure they all believe so at the beginning, but they knew God was leading them to call me as the pastor. They had to work that out, and they did. And and I've said this from the time I've I've uh, arrived at First New Albany. Uh, I started June the 9th of this year. I've said, if there is a church that is capable of handling a 26-year-old pastor being the lead, the leader, the administrator of the church, it's First Baptist Church, New Albany. They have an incredible structure, godly men and women who are in leadership, who love Jesus. Uh, they're not just good at their jobs, their secular jobs. They've got good hearts, and they're serving Jesus, and they're serving their church out of a good heart. And they do have wisdom and they do have knowledge of how a church needs to function. And they're leading the church well so that when they were without a pastor, the administration of the church continued to function as a, as a well-oiled machine. It, it, it works well. And so while I'm very capable of, capable of messing things up, uh, it would be more difficult for this 26-year-old pastor to mess up what they've got going at First Baptist New Albany. So. Day to day, I'm the senior pastor. I serve with with uh, two ministerial staffs. We have a uh, pastor of music and media, who is Mark Mathis, and then a pastor of youth, college, and families, who is uh, Chris Moore. And they're excellent guys. They are fun to work with, and these guys work hard. Uh, my first week on the job was vacation Bible school, and at the end of the day, every day when I was watching them, th- those guys were breaking out in sweat because they were serving the people so well. And, um, and, and another thing about them, an interesting conversation we had before the church knew who I was, we met, we met actually at Blue Mountain College in the presidential dining room. And, um, I was incredibly nervous to talk to these guys and find out, okay, how do I need to show myself in front of them? What, what is this going to be like? And one of the first things that Chris said is he said, so I just want to get it out of the way. I'm going to respect you as the senior pastor. He's 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 eleven years older than me, but he just from the outset, I'm gonna I'm gonna respect you as the senior pastor, and and That's Mark good. agreed. And so, months before I was called as the pastor, I knew going in, I did not have to worry about am I going to have to go in and establish leadership because the leadership was given. And so I've come in and we have worked as a, I, I believe now they might say otherwise. I think they would agree. We're working as a really good team right now. Mark and Chris are fantastic. Uh, we're meeting, we're, we're meeting in our meetings. We're accomplishing things. We're, we're working toward a goal. We've been solving problems together. Um, and, and, and God's, God's honoring that. So I serve a senior pastor to ministerial staff. We have uh, a full-time um, ministry assistant and then a financial secretary uh, in the office. We have. Um, a uh, 
Ricky. Uh, I'm not exactly, I can't call his title right now, but Ricky is our, our maintenance man. That's, that's not his professional title, but he is our maintenance man. And uh, Ricky's fun to be around. And we have, we have a few other staff members, paid employees of the church that are working day to day within the church. And so I function as I'm the senior pastor. And I guess our chart would be right now, presently, basically all report to me, all report to the senior pastor at, at this point. How many deacons do y'all have? We have 24 deacons at, at First New Albany. And so um, something else positive about First Baptist New Albany, our, our deacon body functions biblically um, in, in my view. So when, when uh, in Acts chapter 6, when the apostles see that there's a need, there's a problem that has arisen that, has, that could cause them to move away from the primary task of prayer and the ministry of the word, they selected seven men to serve tables, to serve the needs of the church so that they could not neglect prayer and preaching. In speaking about the deacon leadership, did Tippersville have a deacon rotation or was it just those three guys and they served and they served as? Yeah. So, so Tipplersville Baptist Church did not have a deacon rotation. Uh, uh, our eldest deacon uh, had been serving since sometime in the in the 1970s, I believe, I when believe he returned so. from uh, military service. That's and right. When he retired from military ter- service, uh, our next eldest deacon had been serving since about 2011 when Thomas was there, I believe. Yes. Um, he had moved from another church, but had grown up in Tiplersville Baptist Church. Moved in as an ordained deacon after a couple of years of attendance there. Became a deacon at the church. Our third deacon at Tiplersville uh, was in his early 50s and had been a deacon since about 2005. I had been ordained as a deacon in about 2005 when uh, Futural was there as pastor. Uh, not not, which not Jim, uh, Randy, uh, Randy, Brother Futrell. Randy Futural. Sorry, let me correct that. When Randy Futural was the pastor. And then, um, and then right before I left, and this was a huge moment for me. It was a huge moment for the church. In, in a sense, God used it to give me liberty, liberty to leave. We, we, uh, nominated, elected, and ordained uh, a new man to serve as the fourth deacon in the church. Incredible. Uh, a godly young man who actually moved into the community, joined the church, became a deacon uh, during the time that I was serving as the pastor. Does First New Albany have a rotation, and how is that rotation set up? We have 24 men who serve as deacons at First Baptist Church, New Albany. They serve on a three-year rotation. After the third year, they roll off. They're not eligible to serve for a year. They're eligible to serve at the end of that year that they're off. Our process works in this way. On the first Sunday in October, our church, every church member is eligible to nominate up to eight men who they believe are qualified and fit to serve as deacons. Um, From that point, uh, pastor, uh, in collaboration with Chairman of Deacon, Chairman of Deacons takes that list and contacts nominees to see if they are willing to serve the church as deacons. From those that have been contacted who are willing to serve, there is a ballot that is placed in the church two weeks from the day of nominations. From that ballot, then the church members are able to elect eight men. From that ballot, the men who receive the top eight men receive receiving the highest number of votes, then serve as deacons for a one-year term. If they 
uh, need to be ordained, and we ordain those men. We have two this coming week that we'll ordain. Okay. Yeah, that, that's very similar to what we do at Holly. Numbers aren't as big as that. You know, we, we only elect two uh, per year. Uh, so, but that's very similar. It's a healthy, it's a healthy yeah, process. Very similar process for us too. Yeah. And we elect three per year. They're on a three year rotation. Yeah. So, so as we're talking about our, our deacon body, um, we, we have a, a great chairman of deacons, a man serving as chairman of deacons. He's a physician in, in New Albany. And, um, but the process has been in place, uh, at least two pastors prior to, to me serving as pastor of the church. Uh, when Rick Blythe was, was serving as pastor, uh, I've talked to him about the deacon, the, the deacon uh, body. Our deacons step up and serve in, in incredible ways. Uh, they do hospital visits for us. So uh, being the deacon of the week is not just getting your name printed in the bulletin and yeah. saying that locking doors. Locking the doors. <laughs> and locking the doors. Uh, we, hey, we have another list for that. Uh, but the deacons of the week help us with hospital visits. Uh, so we'll, we'll send out, hey, this is who's in the hospital. And if we can't make it, they step up and, and do that. We have some men, even when they're not Deacon of the Week, they're making hospital visits for us. They've been um, trained. Right. They, they, and they love what they're doing, and they see how it blesses the church, and probably in a greater way, it blesses us as, as the pastors. Um, something else they do is we, we do the connection cards or, or visitor cards that most churches do, and we usually get one or two of those in the offering plate or in, in a box around the sanctuary every week. And, uh, and what I'll do is I'll take a picture of it and I'll send it to the deacons of the week and I'll follow up and with a text or a phone call. And a lot of times they follow up. Some of them will follow up with a visit with a, with a, a knock on the door. And, and so our deacon body is incredible. And so they make serving the church easier on me and on the pastors because they're doing what God's called them to do. Three primary tasks of the pastor. We, we haven't necessarily gotten into the, the nitty-gritty details of administration yet. So th- three primary tasks of the pastor, proclaiming, caring, leading. Give us a synopsis of your week. And I, I know you haven't probably studied this down to the minutes and that sort of thing, but give us some percentages. What of your week is spent doing the administration of the church at Tiplersville, what it was at Tiplersville, and then what it is at First Baptist New Albany. Okay, so at Tiplersville, administration, while I was doing most of the administration, the workload of administration was very light. There was not a lot to do as far as administration. At First Baptist New Albany, it's an entirely different uh, story. In, in a week, I'll have uh, meetings with, uh, last week I had a meeting with the chairman of deacons. I had a meeting with the chairman of the personnel committee. Um, I met with the committee on committees. I met with a children's pastor search committee. Um, I've been to more meetings in the last six months than I went to in four years at, at Tiplersville. Uh, I do a lot of administration, a lot of preparing for administration, a lot of praying through the administration and, and thinking through these things and how, how they're working, talking to staff about it because they've been there, done that. Uh, our music pastor has been there for uh, almost nine years, so he, he knows how the church functions. And so working with him, working with deacons, working with um, 
people who, who are on influential committees and learning the structure of the church. So I'm doing a lot of learning while I'm leading uh, the structure of the church. And so a week uh, of serving First Baptist Church, New Albany, uh, we, we typically work two out of three weeks. I'm working Monday through Thursday uh, is my work week. On the third week, I work Tuesday through Friday. Um, on Monday, I'm, I'm trying to make that a day of study. Um, we've just went to two services on Sunday and I'm wiped by, by, by Monday morning. I have no energy. And so it's a day to be in the office to study. Uh, lately it's been a a lot of hospital visitation. Um, on Tuesday we do staff meeting. So that's entirely new for me to do staff meeting. And so we do long staff meetings. Uh, we began on Tuesday mornings, but I study better in the morning. So now we're starting at lunch and going as long as we need to in the afternoon for our staff meetings. We're doing discipleship together, Bible, uh, scripture memory together. Uh, but we're also thinking through the issues in the church, what our jobs are, what we need to be doing, how do we need to improve, what was good last Sunday, what needs to change before we get to next Sunday. Uh, we're having effective and, and good good staff meetings. And so working with those guys has been incredible. Um, but we're in constant communication, so even though we might not cover it in a staff meeting, we're talking about it later. We've got a re- we've got really good relationships with one another, um, and so it's then I I I think I heard I heard a pastor talking about W. A. Criswell and his his idea of what a pastor's day should look like. He said, "Give your mornings to the Lord, give your afternoons to the church, and give your evenings to the family." And in a perfect world, that's what my days would look like. That's what I shoot for. Um, but you guys know as well as I do, no day goes the way I want my day to yeah, go. Exactly. And and one thing I found at First Baptist that I never encountered at Tiplersville was I'll go into the office at 745. We, we need to be there at 8. Office opens at 8. If, if I get there at 8 o'clock, I may not get to my office before 10. Uh, I've, I've got to beat everybody if I'm going to get to my office and close the door because if I don't there's a need that I've got to address before I can get to my study and uh, so I am still learning the balance of how do I prioritize prayer and the ministry of the word while I'm also trying to learn how to lead and do the administration of a church that's this size so there's always something or somebody where I wasn't used to that at Tiplersville. So on a percentage basis, what do you think? On a week at First Baptist New Albany, give us, give us a percentage. You think it's 33, 33, 33? 33, 33, 33 between preaching, administration, and care? Yes. That'd be fair. That'd be a fair uh, estimate of, of what a general week looks like for me right now. Now, I don't want it to be that way. And I think the more I learn the structure of the church and how to pastor this church, it won't be that way. Preaching needs to have more time than a third of my week. The pre- preparation to preach needs to have more time than that. Um, but right now, it yeah, a third of my time for preparing to preach. That's Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. A third of my time in care. So hospital visitations, trying to get to the nursing homes, trying to get to the shut-ins. And then also a third of my time with working with the staff, working with the secretaries, working with uh, committee chairs that are coming in for meetings or wanting to have a phone call or wanting to have a lunch. Um, I do a lot of lunch meetings um, to, to be able to 
associate with people and, and work with people. So yeah, 33%, that's probably a good estimate. Andrew, as we were entering this time of, uh, of interview and conversation, I, I had a question that you've answered, but I want to, I want to just make sure that, that the answer that I've written down, you would agree with. And then I have a second question to ask you. Here was the one, here was one question I wanted to ask. What is the difference in administration within the leadership of looking at a smaller church leadership and then a larger church leadership. And I think the one word, I'm not putting words into your mouth, but I think the one word would be service. The difference in the leadership, the deacon leadership, you might even say at First New Albany, it is about a a service mindset. Would you agree with that one word answer to what is the difference in administration in the leadership with a smaller church and a larger church? So I couldn't speak for every smaller church and every larger church. And, and Tiplersville to me was an anomaly in that the men that were deacons were serving and leading probably more on the leadership and less on the service, but it also had to do with their state of life and, and where they were in life. Okay. First Baptist is, is different. And I would say there is a healthier view of their idea of what a deacon should be and what their call is to be a deacon. Okay. But at any moment it could slip and go the wrong way sure. without consistent, faithful guidance and, and diligent leadership that this is what we're called to do as, as deacons. Yeah. And so I don't say that to slight um, Tiplersville at all, but I'll, I'll say this. I, I was taking them through Johnny Hunt's the deacon I want to be as I left. And my eldest deacon, who's 84 now, called me as I was leaving. And he said, I've been reading ahead in these books. And I said, that's good because we're not going to get to cover it. <laughs> and he said, I'm convicted that we're not doing what we're supposed to do as deacons. And I said, wow, first of all. And I said, and you're probably right. And he said, so what needs to change? And, and my answer to him was a lot like what I've answered to y'all was, remember that you're called to serve. And, and my answer to him was, the way that you are serving this church is by keeping it steady and going, by, by giving the leadership that it needs in this time and because of pastoral tenure and things like that. You are serving in this way. But don't ever forget that being a deacon is about service before it is about leadership. All right, Andrew, the second question that I have now, you mentioned something in passing just a moment ago, and I'd like for you to follow up if, if you can further define this, or really it's not a definition. I guess it's more of a practical, how do you do this? You mentioned that you pray about administration, or you pray about how you are to serve in an administrative role. If you were to have a meeting coming up and you're going to have to exercise your administrative responsibility as a pastor, what would a prayer, what would a model prayer sound like? If you were going to be praying about administration, what would you say? So when I, when I say I'm praying about administration, um, I've never been a journaler. Okay. I've never, I've never been one to journal. Uh, I've tried at various times and I always quit very quickly. But when I came to First Baptist, I began a, a prayer journal, and and I'm not you know writing you know on 
on October the 30th, 2019. This is how I'm feeling. I'm writing, here's a list of the things that I'm praying for. And, and I check it off as God answers that prayer as, or as I see it come to fruition. So with the administration, if you looked at my prayer journal, which I hope nobody does, but if you looked at my prayer journal, you would see this deacon election that's coming up. Or you might see the committee on committees as they're selecting, and, and I'm reminding myself, pray for them as they're doing this. Um, or I might have, if there's people who might have been antagonistic about something, you might find their name in my prayer journal. And I'm not praying the imprecatory Psalms. <laughs> I'm praying, Lord. Oh, Lord, bust out their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. Not at all. I'm praying, God, help me to, to honor you and how I deal with them and also honor them and how I deal with them and help me to answer any rebuke that they may give that's unfair with grace and kindness. And, and, and so, and, and praying about how to take that criticism because the criticism I have received has been in administration, which I expected that. And, and so, so praying through those things and, and being specific about, Lord, we're, we're working through this with this committee and, and I need to know how to lead them. I need, I need that. Uh, I find myself praying James one five quite often that the Lord, if anyone asks for wisdom, God will give it. And I find myself praying that promise because I need wisdom. You said that the criticism you've received has been in the area of administration and you expected that. If Thomas is correct in the caring and the proclaiming, would you say you were least ready for the administrative role of a pastor at First Baptist? You were more prepared for the caring, the visiting, the proclaiming, the preaching, and that the administrative side is what you were least prepared for? Absolutely. And 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 I and I think for me at least, my gifting is in preaching and and in and in sh- in shepherding that way, uh, through through the feeding of the word. Okay. I also think I'm gifted in compassion and caring for people and loving people and wanting to be there for people. And so I'm gonna go out of my way to do that. I don't think I'm gifted in administration. Gotcha. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm awful at it. I'll give yeah. myself the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> but that's my that would be my lowest gifting of the three areas of pastoral ministry and 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 the least experience that I have. And so uh I ask a lot of questions and I don't mind asking a lot of questions because I know I don't know the answer. And I found myself at Tiplersville. We were in a difficult situation. We were praying about something. We needed something to happen. I was leading the church in a way that had not gone and it was taking a while. And I remember sitting down with the deacons who were not as stressed out as I was. And I thought they should have been more stressed out. And they, they were like, it's going to be okay. It's going to work out. And I remember having this thought, you've seen it work before. You've seen these things come and go. You've seen the other side. I've never seen it. And so experience in these areas, I think, should give me wisdom in, in leading. And, and so I, because of a lack of experience. But we've done some things administratively. So we have added a service at First Baptist New Albany. And we did that almost without any hiccups. 
And and I believe the Lord's honoring it. And people are coming. They're attending. We're having powerful worship services. Um, there was a slight resistance on the front end, actually, before I even brought it to the church. I had a very difficult conversation, very honest, a vulnerable conversation. Um, that ended with, I know I may make a mistake with this. I know this may not be. Because obviously it was not the way that this person thought it should go. And I gave credibility to what their to their understanding. But I said, the Lord is leading me this way. He's leading many, many leaders in our church this way. And I just said, will you support me with the understanding that I might, I might fail? It may fail. I said, but will you support me? And the answer was, I don't want you to do this, but yes, I'll support you. And that made a huge difference in me having the confidence to then stand before the church that Sunday and tell them we're adding a worship service to reach the community of New Albany. And it made a huge difference. Andrew, you are a faithful brother. Uh, you preach the revival at the church that I serve as pastor. Our people love you. I think Thomas loves you. I do. Oh, you do? You love him? It's praying about and it. I, and I love you. You're a faithful brother. And we're we're glad that Appreciate you're in our you. lives, and we're glad that we're in your life. And, uh, and we look forward to seeing you serve that church for many, many years in a positive, administrative role. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for having me on here. It was a blessing to be able to sit and uh, answer questions from you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Minister Marks podcast. Join us again.